Okay, Tov. Today's daf is daf Kuf Dalid. Daf Kuf Dalid in Baba Kamas. We learn for Achenu Kol Beis Yisrael on a Sumer Tzar Veshivi. It says the Gemara at the two dots about eight lines down of the page. Itmar Shliach Shaso Shaso Beedim. Ruvain has some money deposited with Shimon. He wants to send a messenger to pick it up. Okay, he sends a messenger to pick up the money from Shimon, and something happens on the way. Who's responsible? Is Shimon responsible because Reuben didn't get his money back? Or is Reuben responsible? He appointed the shliach. So we have a machlag. So if Chris says, if you appointed a shliach with Adam, if Reuben, who was collecting the money from Shimon, appointed a shliach in front of Adam, so he commissioned him to pick it up. So it's his job to pick it up. If the shliach loses the money, it's Reuben's tough luck. Shimon gave the money to a properly appointed shliach. So if Chisda says it's a shliach, Rabbi says, no, it's not a shliach. Love a shliach. From Chisda, that's why I took the trouble book and I set up this shliach. I appointed the shliach in front of witnesses. The lake of Rishusay, that it should be considered in, in the Rishus of Reuven. Reuven set up the shliach in front of Adam and he appointed him to be the shliach. That's why he did it in front of Adam to say that, yeah, he's my messenger. And if something happens to the money on the way, after my messenger has the money, it's my tough luck. I appointed him in front of Adam. Rabbi says, no, this that he appointed him in front of Adam did not mean to say that I take responsibility away from Shimon. All I'm saying is to Shimon, I trust this guy. I know this guy. I trust him. If you want to rely on him, you can rely. He bought the story. If you want to send it with him, I know this guy. He's a reliable guy. But I'm not taking responsibility if something happens to him and root. That's the machlokas here between Rabbi and Rafhista. Rafhista seems to be more logical. If I set up, if I sent my messenger to pick him up and I appointed this messenger, this shliach, in front of witnesses, he's my agent. So as soon as he picked it up, it's considered as if he returned it to me. That's Rafhista's opinion. Now we're going to see questions about this. Tanan, Hashola Sapara, Marmon sees it like this. Let's say, <clears throat> let's say the uh, lender. Uh, the uh, the uh, the person who uh, borrowed the borrower and a lender the person borrowed somebody's cow, okay, and the lender who owned the cow the farmer let's call him the shilchabiyad bino and he sent the he sent the cow in the hands of the farmer's own son biad abdo or his slave biad shlucha in the hands of his messenger oh biad bino biad abdo even if he sent it in the hands of the son or the servant or the shliach of the borrower, Umesa, and the animal died and root, Potter, the shoal is Potter, even though, even though it was the uh, borrower's own shliach. How is he appointed? If he didn't appoint him in front of witnesses, so it's not, we don't know for sure that he's the the, the proper shliach. How would the, how would the farmer know to give it to him? If he wasn't a properly appointed agent, you know, it says proof that you're the agent, how would he know to give it to him. It must be that he made a shliach with Adam and the potter. Even though you made the shliach with Adam and you appoint him in, still the borrower is potter. Kishta says that he's a properly appointed agent and he's responsible. You're responsible if you appointed him. It's your responsibility. Here is Mashba, you potter either way. Sigmar says, no, that's no proof. Kishta explains it in the next case, Beshiro Velikito. We're talking about when he wasn't properly appointed. Simply, the farmer, the lender, knew that this person was, that the shliach was a worker of the borrower, or Lakito, or he's, uh, he was a lodger, he stayed with him, he, you know, he was uh, he was his roommate, let's call it. 
so he knew that the guy uh, was well known to the borrower and that's why he sent it. But he wasn't the properly appointed agent that took, would take responsibility. That's what Rav says in the next cases. We'll see. So that's not a kasha on Rav because that's not a case where you properly appointed the agent in front of two witnesses. If you properly appointed him, that means that you're taking responsibility. What about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah was talking about a case where you stole money from somebody and you swore falsely about it and then you admitted it, right? <laughs> so the custom is supposed to say, because I share, I share who you so you have to make sure it gets back into the guy's hands. If you did all this, not enough just to return it. You got to make sure it gets into his hand. You can't send it in the hands of your son or whatever. So what does the Mishnah say? Can't give it to the son or the shliach of the of the uh, nigzal person who stole from if he wasn't appointed with Adam, how does he know to give it to him at all? How do you know he's a shliach? How do you know these shliach? You say you're the gazan, you're doing tshuva now, right? After you swore falsely, you admitted it. Now you want to make amends. You want to pay it back. You got to give it all. Make sure you all the way gets back to LA. You got to give it to the hands of the nigzal. Don't give it to the son of the shliach. How do you know who's the shliach? How do you know he's a shliach? How, do you, how would you know to give it to him? You made a shliach with Adam, you made a shliach with Adam, and still you say what? That it's not kosher. You can't give it to him. It's not like you're giving it back to the nigzal itself. So here, talking about this, this is where we're just explaining it, but just, he was your worker, meaning you shouldn't give it to a shliach because you know this guy, he's the worker or he's the roommate of the, um, of the uh, nigzal, and that's why you gave it to him. That's not good enough. But if he appointed a shliach with Adam, I that would be a good shliach. Is that is that what you're saying? According to Fista, if you if he if the this side of you say it on Mishnah, you have to give it you have to give it all the way back to the exile. Can't give it to a son or to a shliach, whatever. Oh, that's why he was not a properly appointed shliach. But if he was a properly appointed in front of witnesses, would you say that's good enough? So why did the Mishnah say Adatani saved the Mishnah? You can give it to shliach Bezdin. Why say okay? You can't give it to a shliach or to somebody. You can give it to a shliach Bezdin, especially as we saw if uh, it t- takes too much, uh, costs too much money to to uh, travel to the Nigzal, you can give it to Shliach Bezin. You can give it to Why talk about Shliach Bezin? Lift against me there, make an Afghamina by the kind of uh, agent, the kind of Shliach that you have. Medvar Mamurim says, Bach, listen to today. Medvar Mamurim Shliach Shlosabedim. Where do you say you can't give it to a son or to the Shliach when the Shliach that was not properly appointed with Adam? Abu Shliach Shlosabedim. Hachanami, Davishach, there would be a good shliach. Why don't you make that nafkamin if that would really be the case? That a shliach that you appoint with Adam is considered a good shliach, like Rukhissa. Amri, Rukhissa will say, he didn't want the mission, didn't want to give that case because it's not definite. Why? Because shliach bezin, the rules of his shliach bezin, no matter who appointed him to be a shliach bezin, shliach bezin, loshna also nigzal. Makes a difference if he's a, if the nigzal appointed, said, I'll, this, this court, this shliach bezin, he's a properly appointed court. Whether the Nigzal appointed him, Veloshna also Gazlan, or the Gazlan said, you know, that's either way I'll give it to Shliach Bezdin. Obviously, if that's particularly, that's definite. Because you talk about Shliach Bezdin, makes no difference if who appointed him, like who said, okay, I'll, I'll rely on the court. But Shliach, Shliach, and a Shliach that you made with Adam, if you also Nigzal, who have Shliach? It's only good if Nigzal made a Shliach. In other words, you, the Gazlan has to return the money, right? He has to return the money and add a fifth and all that. So, uh, you could give it to um, you can give it to a shliach bezin, no matter who appoints shliach bezin. <clears throat> but according to Chista, if the nigzal appointed a proper shliach with Adam, you are my shliach, that would be good. Ah, but it's only if the nigzal appointed him. That's not so definite. 
So shliach shalsa bezin a psikulei shliach shalsa bezin. No matter what kind of whoever pointed the shliach bezin, it's a good shliach. It's it's a good shliach. But shliach shalsa beidim the chiyasa nixel whoever shliach. It's only good shliach if the nixel had pointed. And nixel said, okay, I'll rely on him. You can give the money back to him. That but also gazel love shliach love psikus. So it's not definite. And that's why he gave that case in the mission with shliach bezin. But in Achanami, Rav Kista would say that if if the nixel appointed a shliach with edim, then the gazlan could be yotze his obligation to return the money by giving it to that shliach if it was appointed by uh, if the nixel was appointed a shliach if the nixel appointed a shliach with edim. So if the nixel appointed a proper shliach with two edim, according to Chista, that would be good enough. It's it's the nixel's loss. Well, the Adam are just proving that that the Adam are, are proof that that the shliach is a proper shliach. That's right. That the shliach is an extension. Shliach shlom kamoso. Shliach shlom kamoso. That's a general rule. You can send a, a man to marry a woman for you. You're going to do it on your behalf. You could just shliach for almost anything. Any shliach varveira. There's exceptions, but generally a shliach is, is good. Uh, and a woman could point a shliach to accept her get, and you could send a get with a shliach. Shliach shlom kamoso. However. Here the question is, is he a shliach? Is he a proper shliach? How do we know he's a shliach? So if Christus, if you appoint a shliach with Adam, that's that's there's no question. Therefore, we know. But in the case where you know, if everybody's motive, there's no issue. But Rabbah says, even if you appointed a shliach with Adam, now that doesn't take that doesn't uh, absolve <coughs> the uh, person who's sending the money of his uh, obligation to get you the money. Even if you appointed with Adam, all you're saying is, is that. I'm not saying that you can that giving the money to my agent is like giving the money to me. All I'm saying is this is a trustworthy guy. If you want to trust him, I, I can vouch that he's a trustworthy guy. Do you ever, do you ever say, somebody uh, asks you advice, uh, should I do business with this guy or not? And you say, yeah, I, I, I trust him. I, he's a pretty well known. Then the guy does business with him and he loses his money. Is it your responsibility? You just said, yeah, yeah, I thought he's a trustworthy guy. I'm not taking full responsibility for anything you sign with him. And that's Rabba's point. So Christa says, though, if it, if if that when I say listen, uh, if I appointed this shliach in front of Adam, I said he is my messenger. That means that if you give him money, it's like you gave it to me. That's what Chris's point, and that's what he's saying in our mission too. That would be the case too. Um, now this that we just said that our mission is a definite thing. If you get the shliach besan, if he's a shliach of besan, no matter who appointed shliach besan, meaning. It, obviously, if it's a shliach of Bezdin, then Bezdin appoint him shliach. But the question is, do you rely? The go is it the Gazlan or the Nigzal who's saying I rely on that court? Uh, so in either way, it's okay. But this this disagrees with a, a different time. I'm looking at the time of Shmuel Lazar. Shliach Bezdin Shalsher Nigzal. If the Nigzal says I rely on that shliach Bezdin, below also Gazlan. Let's say the Gazlan, the if if the Nigzal appointed him, then it's okay. Then it's a shliach Bezdin. If the Gazlan appointed this Bezdin, no, it's not good enough. You might say, you know, it's like. You ever go, somebody said, let's go to a Din Torah. We have a dispute. Okay, which Din Torah are we going to? <laughs> which Din Torah are we going to? I once had a case where the uh, Haredi guy came to me and says, okay, he, he had some convoluted uh, um, you know, claim against me, which made no sense at all. Uh, so I said, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I paid this fee that you think you, I paid it already to somebody else, and you have no you have no claim whatsoever. He said, okay, let's go to a Din Torah. So I said, uh, yeah, sure. You want to go to Din Torah to your Haredi uh, rabbis, right? Uh, he says, no, no, I'll go to any Din Torah. You can get the Kipot Sugot rabbis. You can go to any rabbi. Why? Because he knows that in a Din Torah, nine times out of ten, what's the, sure. what's the shim? Shara. So he figures he'll get something, even though he has no claim. 
Even if he has no clue, he'll get something at a din Torah, he'll get something. Whatever. Huh? No, I didn't go. And he never sued me. He never brought me into it because he had no claim. He had no claim at all. It was a ridiculous, it was a convoluted, ridiculous claim, you know. It was this, yeah. Anyway, anyway, but uh, there's bad will to this day <laughs> on that. This is a story of 20 years ago. In any case, um, not bad will on my part, but bad will on his part because uh, he runs the Mu'cheret here in Ramon. And, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I am at a disadvantage because of that. Anyway, well, the Pukami Hatan at the time of Omer. Shliach Bezan Sha'asu Nigzal. Rabbi Shimon says that it's only a proper Shliach Bezdin, like Mrs. says, if you give it to Bezdin, that's okay, only if the Nigzal appointed him. Oh, Gazlan, oh, the Gazlan made a Peshal Chalov and Atal Shalov. If the Gazlan appointed him, but then the Nigzal came and they got the money, then he's Potter. But uh, otherwise, if the Gazlan appointed the Shliach Bezdin, then that wouldn't be that wouldn't suffice. But this this is not not what we just said. We just said according to Chista, the reason the Mishnah said the Shliach Bezdin give it to Shliach Bezdin and not to a Shliach appointed by Adam by the Nigzal is because uh, any Shliach Bezdin is good enough. Whether it was appointed by the Gazan or the Nigzal, the Shliach Bezdin that's considered a proper you know returning of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the stolen goods. Rabbi Yechonah Blazer Damatavayu they also agree with. If you appoint a shliach with Adam, have a shliach is a proper shliach, proper shliach. And if if uh, if uh, the nigzal appointed uh, Adam uh, to collect, uh, appointed uh, a shliach with Adam to collect the money, and you gave it to that shliach, you 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 fulfilled your obligation. So why doesn't our Mishnah say that? Why does our Mishnah say you can give it to a shliach bezin, but it doesn't talk about a regular shliach? It says a shliach. I'm just speaking about where he just suggested a shliach. I'm like, listen, Planya. The nigga says, listen, I got some money that that guy owes me over there, but look, Mashallah, he's not sending it to me. Stazilei, appear in front of him. In other words, make yourself known to him. Maybe he just can't find somebody to send it, and therefore you can give it to him. In other words, Amish is not speaking about a shliach that was appointed by Bezdin, uh, by uh, by uh, appointed with Adam. Right? Rashi says, Im Tomer Mishnah saying that the Tani Laitin Lishlucha Don't give a shliach. How do we know? If he if he didn't make point of Adam, must have been with Adam. So why can't you give it to the uh, shliach that was done by Adam? If according to Rabchista and according to Blazer and Rabbi Yochanan, a shliach pointed by uh, in front of witnesses is a proper shliach. So why can't you give it to him? And and it must be that uh, uh, how would you give a shliach if he wasn't appointed by Adam? The answer is just speaking about where he didn't he wasn't really appointed. He just said, listen. Uh, you know, you're going to be over there, maybe collect the money for me if you're there. You didn't really appoint him in front of Adam. He just said, make yourself known. This guy owes me money. He's not sending it to me. You know, uh, sometimes to make a to, guy owes you money and he doesn't pay you, it's, uh, you know, he wasn't pressured to pay. He didn't get a chance. He didn't have an envelope. It's in the mail. Sometimes you have to actually go there and pick up the check. That's the only way you get it. So he says, listen, you're going to be there. Make yourself known that you're a friend of mine and let him give you the check. Or he could say, like Rufus is speaking about, and Amisha said, where we're speaking of where, how would the person know which shliach to give it to? <clears throat> because <clears throat> he knew that, that this person was a worker or a roommate of the um, of the Nigzal, and that's why he would give it to him. But it's not speaking about a case where the Nigzal appointed a shliach with Adam. Even in our Mishnah, we would say that if, a, according to Rufus, if the, if the Nigzal appointed a shliach with Adam, you could give it to that shliach, and it's as if you return the money directly into the hands of the nixel. I'm Rabbi Yerushmuel. Ain, and I'm the base. Ain mishalach most bidyukni. Don't send money based on 
A dukni is like a, a sign or a, an emblem, um, you know, like a, like a form, just dukna, the form, meaning like a stamp or a simon uh, of something. What does that mean? That if uh, you owe money to somebody and that somebody sent a shliach with a piece of paper, you know, I am hereby collecting the money on behalf of that. And the guy's stamp is on there, like, a, you know, a form or a stamp. Don't pay the money based on that. Even if there's Adam signed on it there. That's what Shmuel says. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, I made him chasumah, let him shachin. There's Adam signed on it, that's a proper document. Amri, so he said, according to Shmuel, what's your remedy? How are you going to collect the money? How can you collect the money? The guy's over there in another town, and you're not you're not capable of going there. And you sent a shliach, you know somebody's going over there, and you give them a, a proper power of attorney form, and you've signed it and stamped it, everything. That's not good enough. How are you going to collect the money? money. There was a story with Rav Abba, who was an elderly man at the time. He was owed money from Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef owed Rav Abba money. Rabbi Yosef said to Rav Safra, who was his shliach, when you go over there, you're going to be in the town near this Rabbi Yosef. I said, bring me my money. When he went there, when Rav Safra went there, and he tried to collect the money from Yosef. Omerle Rava, Rava, the son of Rav Yosef, the son of the borrower, uh, Bray said, Rava Bray said, the son, Rava, the son of Rav Yosef, said to Rav Safra, the Shliach, did he give you a document <clears throat> that says that you can give me a receipt? Yeskabalti is like a receipt, meaning that um, if I pay you now, you're collecting the money for Ababa. If I give you money now, can you give me a receipt to say the money has been paid? I got been paid. Did he give you such a receipt to give me? Amar lelo, he didn't give me a receipt. <laughs> First, go bring me a receipt. I'm not paying the money unless I have a receipt. No, they didn't have checks in those days. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Uh, they were smart, right? Amar lelo, First, give me a receipt. The self, and then he said, you know what, Amar it won't even help to give me a receipt. Even if he gives you a receipt. Why? By the time what? By the time you you come back, Maybe by the time you come back here, come back here, go back there, whatever. Maybe Ravava will die before I get the receipt. That is before you come back. Ravava was an older man, and you're going to go back and get a receipt from him and bring it to me. By the time you come to me, he might be dead. Now, if he dies, what happens? Who owns the money? Who owns the loan? The kids. And his receipt's not worth anything. It doesn't work. Any, it doesn't work after death. Those are coming. Ask me. This Gabalti Ravaba left Kumi. He didn't get the money. He was dead. So therefore, he asked Omalei Velamaita Kanta. So what can you do? What can you? How can you collect the money? You know, according court, Rabbi Yochanan says if his item signed on it, that's good enough. You know, it's, it's the power of attorney. I gave it to him. It's like it's like I pay you. But according to according to Shmuel, that a simple you know, a, 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 a like a power of attorney collection form is not good unless you have a receipt. And even with the receipt, maybe the guy's dead. It says, What you should do is this. You, Rav Safra, you want to be the messenger. You tell Rav Abba that he should give you the loan. In other words, he would give it to you, give you the loan. In other words, now the loan is yours. He like, he, he, send, he, he yes. gives it to you. Right, he gives it to you. He gifts to you. He gifts you what we call here. He gifts you the loan that many of the monies belongs to you. How does he do that? How can he acquire it to you? It's really like a star. The answer is you come with the kinyan aga. It's the nechasim shein lachrayes 
Remember, we had that solution, meaning he gives you a piece of land to his house, or how? And you come, and you can come and write me a skabalti. In other words, you have to be the owner of the loan. The loan is transferred to you, this messenger, and when I pay you, then I'm done, because you own the loan now, and I'm paying you, and you give me a receipt. Get her a papa, a papa, have a tracer out who's owed $12,000, a lot of money in this town. Akninu, he wasn't able to go get that. And Rav Shmuel Baraba was traveling to that town and he transferred the loan to Shmuel Baraba that he would be the owner of the loan. How Agav for the Besa. He did it, Agav for the Besa either means the threshold of his house, like thing, or the corner of his house, meaning I'll give you a piece of uh, a square inch of my property. Right, I'm giving that to you. I'm giving that to you. Uh, I'm handing it to you. Kesef star chazaka. However, he did it to him. Maybe he gave him a penny, gave him a kesef or a star or chazaka. And then together with that, together with the karka, he can acquire the loan, which is the chasam shein Right, acquire the loan. He also he was so happy and, and this worked. Shmuel Baraba, Shmuel Baraba went and collected the twelve thousand dollars, and Rapapa was so happy that. He was able to collect the money that way because otherwise there was no way that the borrower would give the money to this uh, shliach. Nothing and he went out and greeted him at tuvach. Tuvach. He went. He went a far distance to greet him. It's like you know you're happy when somebody comes home. You go all the way out miles and miles just to greet them coming home. He went out to greet him that way. So the only way to get the loan back in this case, according to Shmuel, would be you give the messenger you transfer ownership of the loan to the messenger. And then he's collecting it for himself. Right. He's transferring the IOU. The IOU effectively is transferred from the from the lender. He's giving him the IOU. He's giving him, uh, um, and there must be proof that he owns it also, right? Like he gave him a star that I'm, I'm, a, I'm giving you the IOU. I'm, I'm, I'm transferring ownership of the IOU to you. Now, how does he do that? He does that, Agav Karka. Rashi says, um, Rashi says, uh, So you can give it to him, uh, you know, together with the house. Because some say that if you would just transfer the IOU with words, giving it to him, words alone can't be transferred. But if he's transferring it to him, he's giving him the shnar, agav the karka, so then he's, he's coned it. Just like he's coned the karka, he's coned that with it too. Now, what did our mission say? That if you gave him the Karen, you paid back the Karen, but you didn't pay back the Chomash yet, or he was Mokhul the Karen, except and all that's left out was less than a Sheva Pruta, then he doesn't have to run after him. Maybe he has, maybe he has to pay him all back, as we'll see in tomorrow's stop, but he doesn't have to run after him. The fact that you have to say, Rashi says, the fact that you have to say, you don't have to run after him for the for the that you don't have to run after it to pay him back. Chomish is mashma though you own the money. Mashma that it is really money. Meaning the question is: Is the extra 25, 20% or twenty five percent? Is that actually it's twenty five percent of the amount of the exhale, twenty percent of the total? Um, is that considered mammon or is it kanas? So he says it's actually mammon. Meaning in what sense? The imes mesham leyorshim. If the guy died, you have to pay the orshim. And as if the, the ocean would have to pay. In other words, if the Goslin died, the Goslin owes money to somebody and he dies. So his kids owe him the money. Is that really money? Is the 25% money or is it like a fine that's only existence when he's alive? No, it's real money. Because the fact 
Rashi says from the fact that you have to say you don't have to run after him, it's mashma, but you do owe him the money. And if the Gazan dies, the Ocean would have to pay. Tananami, the Mishnah also goes on to say, let's say you pay the Karen, and then you deny that you, 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 you swore that you paid him the 25%, but you didn't. You didn't actually pay him, and then you admit it, so you have to pay the fact that you, because when do you pay, when is there the extra 25%? When you deny money that you owe, either you stole it or it was given to you as a, a, a for uh, as a loan or, or a deposit, whatever, and you deny it, you deny real money, and you swore falsely about it, then you have to pay the Karen, the principal, pay the extra 25%, and you have to bring a carbon, right? So that's only if you're denying money. So the fact that if you can, the fact that it could be a chomish on top of a chomish, because you denied the first chomish, you said, I paid that already, and you swore false about it, then you admit it, and you pay another chomish, and that shows that it's money. We learn it. You stole money from somebody, our case, and you swore to him that you that you didn't steal it, or that you paid it back. Umes, right? Umes, and then you died. You have to pay the chomish, because the 25% is, is, is like the principal. They don't have to pay the Oshem. They don't have to bring the Oshem because the guy's dead. And the Oshem is an atonement. And after death, there is no atonement, right? The Mason don't need atonement. They're already. I ain't part of the Mason, says Rashi. Uh, so, so you see over here, and they have to pay because it's money. So he has the, if you, the in the princess, is it really money? When do you say that the son doesn't pay? The Chomish al Gesel of it, something that his father stole. This man shall on If neither one of them swore, then you certainly don't pay the Chomish. Let's say Huvalov. Let's say he swore, but his father didn't. Or Avavlahu, or his father swore falsely, not him. Or Huvavav, they both swore falsely. Menayin, how do I know still that the son does not pay the Chomish? In other words, you don't pay Chomish for your father's for your father's crime. You don't pay Chomish for that. So on the one hand, we just said from our mission, it's evident that Chomish is money. If the guy died, if the Gazan died before paying the Karen and the Chomish, you have to pay the Karen, the son, the grand, the, uh, the there, children have to pay. There's, there's a possible, is there a general... No, there's a Kassim. So Kanas otherwise would be inheritable? Not a Kanas. It's not a Kanas. It's Mamam. It's Mamam. But over here, it's Xeris Kassim that the son doesn't have to pay the Chomish. That's what we're saying at this point. Okay. That's what we're saying at this point. The exercise doesn't have to pay. So on the one end, you said that he has a, that he does have to pay. It's it's money, and if the son dies, he has to pay. Here it's mashma from this price, right? That a son does not have to pay the chomish. How do you? He says, remember, and when does the son pay the chomish? When when nobody swore falsely. But if how do I know if the father swore falsely? If he swore falsely, or they both swore falsely? How do I? He still doesn't pay the chomish. Why? Uh, because when it's pasuk. So you see that the son does not pay the chomish. Ah. In the first case, the father was moda, right? The father was moda before he died. He was moda that he stole the money. So then there's an obligation to bring the asham and to pay the 125%, right? Pay the 125%. Then the father died. So the asham you don't bring, but the 125% that comes have to pay. Here, in this case, it's speaking more shalom hoda. And we're assuming now that nobody was moda. Nobody was moda. So then you don't pay. Then you don't pay the chomish. So when do you say that the son pays the chomish? When the father was moda before he died. But over here, the father was not moda before he died. 
and therefore the son doesn't have to pay the chomish. If the father didn't admit that to the loan, so and he died, why would he even pay the Karen? The father never, the father denied that he stole the money, right? And then he died. And he swore falsely about it, but he never was moda. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe the son doesn't pay, uh, doesn't pay the Karen if the father was not moda. Since you're talking about how do I know that the son doesn't pay the chomish, it's mashma that the Karen he does pay. We learned the Bryce says, When does the son pay the Karen? Remember, before we talk about when does the son not pay the chomish? Never. The son does not pay the chomish. Right? The son doesn't pay the chomish. When, oh, then we said that's when the father did the nit before he died. When does the son, yes, pay the Karen? If him and his father both swore, what about what happens if the father swore, but he didn't? Neither one of them swore. How do I you still have to pay? All these cases, these why did you have to tell me Gzela and, and Oshek and Aveda? Because in all cases where the father misappropriated the money, Yesh Talmud. You see from over here, Yesh Talmud. We'll see what this means. It's a strange lotion. You see from over here, there's a limud from these extra words, Gzela, Oshek, Aveda. It's stolen money. Stolen money, stolen goods, misappropriated goods have to be returned. That means to say that the son does pay back the Karen, even if nobody swore. Now, what is that word, Yesh Talmud? Yes, Rabbi Huna he wasn't said that. The word yesh Talmud is two words, right? There is a limit from over here, right? Yes, he repeated over this, this uh, ruling. Omle, Rabba, Bray, Rabba's son said, yesh Talmud, did you say yesh Talmud, Kamar Did you say yesh Talmud? You see from these extra words in the Pesukim, that tell me that the that outstanding Karen has to be repaid no matter what. If the father stole, whether he swore or whether he didn't swear or whatever it is, if you know that he stole, the son has to pay back that money. Yesh Talmud Kamar, oh Yesh Talmud Kamar. In other words, the word Yesh Talmud could be said Yesh Talmud. There's learning or Yesh Talmud, Yesh Talmud, Yesh Talmud. It's like Yesh Talmud. If they say it real quick, it could sound like Yesh Talmud or Yesh Talmud, Yesh Talmud, Yesh Talmud, right? Which means that he should pay. It's as far that he should pay. Um, uh, which one is it? Is it Yesh Talmud? You see from the extra pesukim, or Yesh Talmud Kamar? Like it's as far. He should, the son should have to pay. Why should he keep stolen goods? I'm the extra words. the the extra words you see that the son has to pay. Right. El Amri Ella So what's going on over here? My Lohoda. Lohoda of it, Lohoda Bano. Ah, in other words, what are you saying? First, you said that the son has to pay back the Chomish. Oh, that was where the father admitted it before he died. Okay. But the father didn't admit it, you don't have to pay the Chomish. If the father didn't admit it, why should you even have to pay the Karen? Right? You shouldn't have, you have to pay the Karen. And now you'll tell me maybe you don't pay the Karen. Here you see from this lima, do you do pay the Karen? Elo, the reason he pays the Karen is because the son was moda. The father wasn't moda. If the father was moda, then the son has to pay the Karen and the Chomish. Even, right? If the father was not moda, then then you don't pay the Karen, you don't pay the Chomish. If the father wasn't moda, there was no key for that. But the Hoda Beno, but the son was moda. If the son was moda, he has to pay the Karen. If the son, the, the father, the father was not a moda before he died, right? And that's why there's no chiv on the chomesh, but the, the son doesn't have to pay the chomesh. But if the father didn't admit it, why should he even have to pay the care? And the answer is, the answer is that the son admitted it. The son admitted that his father, he knows that his father stole these goods and he has to return it. So if the son admitted it, the son should have to pay chomesh because 
He admitted it, right? He admitted it after after he himself swore and then swore falsely and then admitted it. So then he should pay homage for that. I'm going to be Shane not here right now. You know, if the father stole something and the son admitted it, but the is not here, then you don't pay homage. The homage is only Rashi says, the The son doesn't have to pay. In other words, if the father stole something and it's not here anymore, let's say your father was a criminal and he stole a lot of goods. And then he died, but there was nothing here at the time. Is the son responsible to go pay out of his own assets for his father's soul? No, he's not believed to pay it. So therefore, the, and therefore, and as his son goes on Machel, it's going to If he if he if he denied it that his father stole, it's not fear. Fear denying it. We say you swore falsely. Denying the loan is only if it's here. But if it's not here, the son has no responsibility for it. It's fierce from the army, like a homish. It's like he's wearing falsely. The son knew that his father stole it, but the stuff's not here anymore. The, the stolen goods or the money is not extant here anymore. But the son swore falsely anyway. He wanted to say his father wasn't a guy, he swore falsely. So it's a, it's a, it's a bad shvur. But there's no homish over there if the stuff isn't here. So you shouldn't pay the Karen either. What are we saying over here? That the son, if the father admitted before he dies, then the son pays the homage. If the father didn't admit it before he dies, the son doesn't pay the homage. But if the father didn't admit it, why should he even have to pay the Karen? There's no obligation for the Karen. The answer is the son admitted it. Okay, if the son admitted it, why doesn't the son, the son admitted it after the son swore falsely? So why should there be homage? The answer is because the stuff isn't here right now. There's no Karen for homage. There's no homage if the stuff isn't here. There's no, if the father denied it, and then admitted it while he was alive. Even if it's not here, he has to pay it because he denied it when it was here. But if the son, if the if it's not, if the stuff isn't here, the son doesn't have to pay homage on the son's shvua when it's not here. So why should he have to pay the karen? So let's read up. Now Rashi has a different gear than our Gemara, but I mean there's some there are some uh, uh, meaning there's some real estate here. And if there's real estate, Rashi explains that there's a mitzvah to for the covet of his father, he should pay it out of that. The son doesn't have a real obligation to pay back the stolen goods because the goods aren't here but the father did leave over some real estate and out of respect for the father the son should pay it back out of covenant for his father now argamar has so what if it's there's no there's no star over here so rashi takes out these last two lines and they and said means that the father was taken to court while he was still alive so he was taken to court while he was alive, and and he was there. He admitted he didn't pay the chomish. Now Rashi takes out all these last two lines, and he says Rashi says he doesn't like this gear, so it doesn't make sense. So he says that when, when he says the question is if there's real estate. So im kain chomish nam misham, you should pay the chomish also. So Rambam says no, you don't pay homage on Ekfira. You know the father, the the, uh, the stolen goods aren't here anymore, but there is real estate. The answer is Amisham and Chomish al Kfira Shiva Kakos. The son has to pay because the father left some real estate, so it's proper to pay back. But but denying it, and the only responsibility would be the karka that's Meshuba, but you don't swear in karka. So therefore, even if the son made a shvua that his father never stole it, and then he admitted it, he's not swearing about the goods. He's swearing about the chiyah for the karka. Rashi explains in the narrow lines, the Chomish of my cause, yes, Shwosa, Lav Shu is not a Shwosa, the Kam of Shwosa, Angish Maralka calls. The high Ben, Kiyashtaba, when he swore, Kofala Shivit Karkos, the Lav Mishimachrais, the Chosim Lavi wouldn't have to pay at all. So one answer is that the stuff isn't here anymore. 
And the only reason that the son should pay back, should pay back the Karen is because his father left some real estate and there's no shvua on the real estate. Rabbi Marachamayskin Rabbi says, no, the stuff is here, the stone goods is here. But what? The father left his satchel in somebody, the father who was the Ghanav had stolen, let's say, $10,000. And the money was in the satchel. And he left the satchel in the safe deposit box or at, the, or at Yonkel's. He left it at somebody else's house. All right. So Karen, Mishalain, you paid the Karen. The son has to pay the Karen because the money's here. When he swore, what's the key for, what, why do you pay the extra 25% of Chomish? Because he swore falsely. It's a punishment for paying for it falsely. Yes, it is cash. And if the father admitted it, it's mammon, it's principal, and some would have to pay it. If the father admitted before he died, the son would have to pay the 25%. But over here, the reason why he doesn't pay the, 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 the it is it is here. The father died, he didn't admit it. Right? The son, the son also swore falsely, and now he admitted it. But over here he didn't really swear falsely, because when he said that he doesn't have the money, he didn't know that the money was here. The money was in a satchel deposited with the uncle, and he didn't know that it was here. So if it turns out afterwards he was here, the Karen has to pay back to Isa. Chomish lomashalam, he doesn't pay the Chomish. The Chiyashtaba, when he swore, Bekushtishtaba, the Olaviyata, he didn't know that the money was somewhere else. Rashi says, Rav Amar, Lola Mixel Kem, Shodakash Rav Chai Ben Chomish, Al Shuas Atzmo, keeping the Hoda, since he was Mode afterwards. Achachachai said, This gets Shemama, Avav, Nasimba, Mufkaris Biarachairim, Vixail Zubatoka, the Chiyashtaba, I Bekushtishtaba. He didn't know. That uh, he says, I don't have any money. My father, I don't have the money here, but uh, my father stole. He didn't know. Here he made him say he didn't know that his father had stolen money over here, so he swore truthfully, and that's why he has to pay the twenty five percent. So what are we saying here? That if the father admitted it before he died, then you have to pay the chomish. If the father didn't admit it, and the son did admit it. And, but if the if the Xayla is not here, he's not really Mukhuif to pay. He had only Mukhuif to pay only because uh, his father left some real estate out of covered for the father. Okay, but you know, the Shru and that doesn't count. And even if it is here, it could be speaking about where the son swore falsely, but he didn't know that it was a false shvu. He thought he was telling the truth. Therefore, he doesn't pay the 25%. So basically, we're saying that the son would have a Khif to pay 25% if the father admitted when he before he died. If the father didn't admit it and the son admitted it, then it depends on the circumstances. The mission said, Let's say you paid back the, the, the he was mochel the Karen. He was mochel, uh, you know, he didn't have to pay the Karen. Mochel or he was mochel everything, except for less than a penny's worth of the Karen. Then he doesn't have to run after me. That's what the mission said. That's not here. In other words, what you stole and then you swore falsely about, and then you'd have to pay the 25%. But let's say there's nothing to pay. Let's say um, he paid back the Karen, but he didn't yet pay the Chomish. Or Mokhal Karen, but Mokhal Chomish says the obligation to run after and pay the guy directly is only on the Karen. <clears throat> let's say uh, uh, let's say all that's left is the Chomish, or he was Mokhal everything, and that all that's left of the Karen is less than a penny, he doesn't have to run after him. So he says that's only shame if the Xayla is not here. But if the Xayla is here, if it's still, if the money is, is here, the stuff that he stole, whatever is here, he has to go back and try to make good, you know, make amends and return it to him. If the item's here, if they, even if it's worth less than a Shavaputa, maybe it'll become worth more afterwards. Now, it's less than a Shavaputa is usually not considered anything. But if the Xayla is here, even if now it's worth less than a Shavaputa, maybe it'll be worth more later on. Some say the opposite. If it's worth less, if all that you owe 
of the principal is less than a shava pruta, whether it's here or not here, you don't have to you don't have to bother schlepping all the way there. You can you, you have to return it to him maybe, but you don't have to schlep all the way to LA to pay him. We're not concerned that maybe it's going to be worth more later on. Similar idea. Let's say you throw, you stole three bundles, and the three bundles were worth a pruta each, a total of three prutas. And now they became, the value went down, they were devalued. Now the three bundles together are worth only two prutas. And now you return, if you return to him two of the bundles, you have to return the other one also. Now you might say, well, each one is worth less than a Sheva Pruta. No, you still have to pay him back. You still have to pay back the other one. Why? Because when you stole the three, they were worth they were each worth a pruta. Now you're saying, what if you return two? You only have one left, and that's less than a Sheva Pruta, right? So you have to return, you still have to return it because when you stole it, it was worth a pruta. Tanatuni, you see a bright, uh, you see a uh, proof from this mission from this uh, brisa. We had this case before. Gazo chametz. Let's say you stole chametz from somebody. You stole a loaf of bread. It was worth ten shekels. pesach, and now pesach passed by. Now it's worth nothing. You could just give back the the bread. Time because it's here right now. I stole the bread. Here's the bread. If it wouldn't be here right now, even though right now it's not worth anything. But it's not here right now. Keeping the mikarmona, since originally it was mammon, boy, you have to pay back. So if I stole a loaf of bread worth 10 shekels, now it's after Pesach, I can just give him back a loaf of bread. Let's say the loaf of bread's not here anymore. Do I own the 10 shekels? Or I say, well, the loaf wasn't worth anything today. No, since when I stole it was worth 10 shekels, I got to pay him shekels. Hachanami here, the same thing. I forgot the hash to pruta. I stole three bundles worth of pruta each. Now all three bundles together only worth two prutas. So each bundle's worth less than a pruta. Do I have to return it? I still have to return it. Even though the Hashalah Pruta, even the Mikara Mishabah Pruta, since originally it was a Shabbat, the Boishlumi, you have to pay it. Boy, Rabba Gazel Shteagudas Pruta. Let's say I stole two bundles together with worth a Pruta. And I return one of them. What do you say there? Mao, me and me and Hashta like Exela, right? You say, well, now there's nothing stolen. What do I have left? There's only a half a Pruta. That's not considered Exela. Oduma, uh, like Exela, I don't have anything on because less than Shabbat Pruta. I don't know anything. I returned one of the two bundles worth a half a pruta. Now all I have with me is one bundle worth a half a pruta. So maybe I don't have to do Odilma, hello Harikzela. Uh hello Harikzela. I didn't I haven't returned what's stolen. The Havigabe. I still have the stolen goods with me. Hara Pashta. Then Rava, after he asked the question himself, he was posted the Shaila. Xela ain't khan, hashav ain't khan. There is no steel, there's no xela, and there and there's also no hashava. Now, what does that mean? If there's no Xela, that means that I did make a good return. Xela ain't Khan. If there's no Xela, that means Hashav Ishkan. I did make a profit. I stole two bundles worth together, one pruta. If I returned one, that's good enough because now all that's left with me is half a pruta. So, how can you say that there's no Xela and there's no Hashav? There's no returning. If there's no Xela, that means that I did make a proper return. Hashav Ishkan. This one means to say, Afal Pish Xela ain't Khan. Even though I don't have any stolen goods with me anymore, because what I have left with me is less than a pruta, mitzvah sashava ain't khan. I haven't fulfilled properly the mitzvah sashava, which is to return the whole thing, right? I have to return the whole thing, and that I haven't done. All right, we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. Mitzvah from Amarava. We're down about halfway down on the page. Amarava, right at the beginning of the line. We'll pick it up from there tomorrow. Mitzvah, have a good day, everyone. Call yeah, to. Beautiful. Call to. Beautiful. The value of the Shabbat yeah. always goes back to the initial infraction. That's right. That's the initial infraction. Always
Right, right. It goes back to, but the original fraction here was the same thing. I stole two bundles, each worth a half a pruta, right? So, I, and I returned one of them. So now mm -hmm. I, yeah, we're not arguing about the original, the, the original price and the current price is the same. They're both a half a pruta, but I, but I, I don't have to return. It's less than a pruta. I, I haven't stolen anything. It's less than a pruta. So the answer is yes. I, it's not, I, it's not considered gzela in my hands because I have less than a shovel pruta that doesn't count. On the other hand, I haven't done a proper returning. Well, let's station my mind. I should have returned the whole thing. 